welcome to Crime Time with Maggie Sten. What you're going to be listening to is a series of episodes called The Times Aren't Changing, They Have Changed. With me is Rod Murray, who has a lot of questions. Maggie, great to be back with you today talking about the judicial system, a word we're all familiar with, bail. What is it? What's bail? Let me go back a bit. As I've said in previous podcasts, we have a presumption of innocence under the Statute of Westminster, which means that once you're charged with a criminal offence, you are presumed to be innocent until you are proven to be guilty. So therefore, you should not be locked up. That's the basic premise. The modern system of bail developed as a result of provisions in the Statute of Westminster as early as 1275, which prescribed for the first time a number of categories of persons who were not to be bailed and another list of persons who were not to be refused bail. That system is no different to the system that we have today that came about with the Bail Act of 1978, which commenced operation on the 20th of March, 1980. Quite recent, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is recent. When examining a system of bail, there's a number of there's things that you've got to bear in mind, and the most fundamental one is the presumption of innocence. Does that mean there should be a presumption of bail? Yes, that is what it means. But unfortunately, all the legislation that's passed tends to forget that, in my view. Bail is a discretionary power. It has been discretionary since 1275. At no time has any government said, you cannot grant bail. doesn't say that. And this is where a lot of people go wrong, judges included. The right to liberty is the basis of our common law, which is judge-made law. Mm -hmm. You have two types of laws. You have common law, which is judge-made law, precedents, and you have statutes, which is acts of parliament. Legislation. Yeah. And those two things are supposed to ensure that our criminal justice system is fair and that everyone is equal before the law. Accordingly, when an accused person is charged with an offence, they have the right to remain in the community to await their trial. That's called bail. That's what it is when you're out in the community. Now, there's a new Bail Act of 2013, which changed things. The Bail Act of 1978, had the one that came in in 80, had its own set of problems, and this one's got problems too. Under the Act, the bail authority, which is the judge, must decide whether the accused person should be held in jail, which is called on remand, before their hearing or whether they should be released with or without conditions into the community. What, the sort, bail- of con- what sort of conditions do you mean? Is that, is that usually a monetary? Con- monetary, well, there can be all sorts of bail conditions. A monetary, where someone has to put up Money to ensure that you Mm -hmm. turn up in court. You have to report to police can be another condition. You have to have a curfew. 
can be another condition. You can only leave your house in the company of another person. Right. You have to surrender your passport. So they can be tailored to what the judge yes, thinks is appropriate yes. for your particular yes, circumstance. Yes, and the idea always was supposed to be that because of this presumption of innocence that everything should be done to allow people to remain in the community. But now under this new Bail Act, there's certain crimes that you automatically get bail for. For instance, um, swearing in a public place, that sort of thing. Non- non-violent sort yeah, of non-violent You're not endangering things. other yeah. people, yeah. And particularly young offenders. The presumption is they're supposed to get bail. The bail authority then has to release the person without bail. They can dispense with bail or if it's a bit more serious, they can grant bail with conditions. So it was amended in 2015 and introduced a show cause test for a number of serious offences. This flips the presumption of bail on its head by the sound of it. Yes, but the, the 78 one did too because you had certain offences that there was a presumption against bail. Ah, right. So how that ever sat with the presumption of innocence, I've never understood, but who am I? Just a lawyer. Yeah. Just, just a humble makes, criminal lawyer. Exactly. You spent so, your life studying this Yes, stuff. but it <laughs> just makes absolutely no sense. And so now you have to show cause why you should be released into the community and not spend your time in jail. The offences that this applies to are murder, serious drug and sexual offences, and serious offences committed by a person while on bail. Additional changes were made to the Act in 2017 and 2018 to include special provisions for terrorism and weapons offences. So the individual must show cause and the court must consider bail concerns to ultimately make a decision regarding bail. So there are two steps. The first step is for certain offences you have to show cause. So you have to satisfy the court why you should be out on bail. So if I'm charged with murder, I have to explain why I should be allowed out before my trial comes up. Yes, yes. You have to explain that. And then if the court is satisfied, they can look to see if any risks can be mitigated. Risks of me fleeing, for yes. example, not coming risks to of trial. you fleeing or risks of you murdering someone again. Committing another offence. Yeah, all those things. If it's not a show cause offence, then you automatically consider bail, right? But it doesn't mean you automatically get it. You're unless not it's those little it. No, because, again, the court's got to be satisfied that the risk can be mitigated. For instance, let's go back to a homeless person. Mm -hmm. A homeless person often won't get bail because they don't have an address, which so it hasn't quite considered that properly. You've got to prove that you can mitigate the unacceptable risk. That's the second half of it. And the main risk being flight. Yes. You won't come back for your trial. Yes, whether you'll attend court. Yes. Now, the police are very fond of citing that one. But the common law has always said that that's just not enough. There's got to be some evidence of it. So if you've not attended on bail before, Mm. that would be... You have a second home in another country. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, those sort of things. But it can't just be, oh, well, because he's looking at jail, so, you know, he'll probably run away. Mm. That's not good enough. Right. 
That's not a not legitimate concern, but it's not enough of a concern yes. to preclude bias. Yes, yeah. yeah. If you'll endanger anyone in the community, yeah. if they can show that, if they'll interfere with witnesses. And that's reasonable, isn't it, you would yes. think? Yes, yeah. But again, it's got to be, you've got to show It's got to be reasonable, that's right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It can't just be a made-up story that you're going to do these things. Yes. If you fail this risk assessment, you'll be denied bail, which again, can take a long time now, particularly since the pandemic cases are taking much longer to get to court. I mean, there's there have been authorities on bail where judges have said time and time again, one of the deciding things is that, for instance, an essential and important principle is that an accused person who is presumed to be innocent is not to be punished before a conviction. Now, and that's incarceration a, is a punishment, isn't it? It is a punishment, and that's a point that I make in bail applications, and all too often the judge says, oh, yes, I understand that, and then denies bail because it's a very, very strong crown case. So it's a, if it's a very strong crown case and he's denying bail, how is he not punishing you before you've been found guilty? Yeah. So again, it's just, it's a piece of legislation that in my view, nobody thought out very well. Well, perhaps they did, Maggie. Perhaps this was the intent because, of course, it's a political hot button issue, law and order, yeah, isn't of it? Of course it is. Tougher bail laws are an easy way to get some votes. Yes, yes. And... I mean, the, what I just quoted was from a case in 2005, a judge said. In 2001, Justice Sperling said in the case of R versus Kane, the prospect of an individual who has not been convicted spending as long as 18 months awaiting trial is, absent exceptional circumstances, not consistent with modern concepts of civil rights. Okay, so then what does the government do? Pass the New Bail Act that says, you know, show cause. You've got to show cause. Again, the complete opposite. Justice Sully, in a case after the the Cronulla riots, he allowed a young man bail, and the Bail Act that was around then was the one where certain offences, there was a presumption against bail. And Justice Sully said, way back in the United Kingdom in the 17th century, when the Westminster system was really flowing and it was still the divine right of kings and all that, even then they recognised that the individual should be at liberty. They didn't say there, there shall be no bail. They said bail should be granted. If the person satisfies the court, the bail should not be refused. So never throughout English history have they actually said do not grant bail. And that is a thing that I think a lot of judicial officers seem to forget. Right. The fundament, they've got it wrong yeah. at the fundamental level. Yes. Bail's not some privilege. Yeah. In, yes. fact, in fact, it should be, it is a right. 
Yes, it is a right. It is a right. And he, just as Sully was talking about these prevention presumptions against bail under the old Act, which really are the same as show cause, he said it is to be assumed, that is to say, that Parliament intended that even in a case governed by Section 8D, which was the presumption against bail, they should continue to repropose in a court of competent jurisdiction a judicial discretion, not a judicial whim or a judicial fantasy, or judicial idiosyncrasy, but a judicial discretion, to be exercised judicially according to proper principles in aid of ensuring that the liberty of any subject is not put at risk except for good cause and in the absence of any other just way of dealing with the particular offender in the particular relevant context. Now, that is very, very important, because even though Justice Sully was dealing with a very draconian section of that Act. He still said, okay, look at that section. Liberty is your basic thing. You start with that point and then you look at why you shouldn't allow liberty. Not you start with no liberty and convince me that you should have it. And I just don't think anybody's thought these things through properly. We've touched on this before, maybe, and I think we mentioned it a bit earlier. There's a political element to this, isn't there? It's not at all uncommon to hear calls for tougher bail laws to keep the community safe. Do tougher bail laws, which you've just outlined we now have, keep the community safe? Is there any impact on crime? No, absolutely not. All it does is make the jails fuller. And the cycle goes on. Because if... It's your first time you've been charged with a serious offence, your bail refused, you're sitting there three years before you go to trial, you're institutionalised before you get to your trial, particularly if you're a young person. No, it doesn't keep anyone safe. You've raised a really interesting point. We immediately see the impact of the pandemic on the health system. Yes. Do we consider the impact of the pandemic on the judicial system? What's been the reality for the criminal justice system of the pandemic? Oh, well, a lot of judges have taken that into consideration, right. that people have been in isolation, that it takes much longer for their cases to get to court, that they can't see their families because of that. That has been right. a bail consideration. Excellent. Well, that's, that's sort of good to hear. Do we know what any sort of numbers around people are on bail who do re-offend? Is there ever any evidence, good evidence to suggest that if you've released them, are you likely to re-offend? Not that or? I know of, no. Nothing incredible that no. we know of that says. No, no. And see, they, and they've gone one step further now because there was a big hoo-ha recently about some pedophiles who have been found guilty who were let out on bail. So, again, we have a nice piece of legislation that says once you've been found guilty, you shouldn't get bail. The new reforms insert a requirement the bail must be refused following conviction and prior to sentencing, oh, where the offender will be sentenced to full-time detention unless special or exceptional circumstances can be established. So if you're going to be given a custodial sentence, we might as well lock you up now, yes. even though we're not actually handing down the custodial sentence yes. for some weeks or months from now. Yes. So yes. you can begin your sentence now. Yes, yes. And once again, nobody has thought this through properly because up until the judge knows your subjective features, 
No, the judge knows nothing about you at this point unless you've given evidence, and it's highly unlikely, even if you've given evidence, that you've spoken about anything about yourself rather than the actual offence. And a lot of people don't give evidence at their trials, nor do they have to. So there's a big presumption there. So the judge, you're supposed to be locked up. If that's the case... People are not going to be pleading guilty to offences early in the piece. Now, to save money and to get the whole justice system moving quicker, they brought in a pilot scheme of early guilty pleas. So that means that if you plead guilty in the local court, you get a 25% discount of your sentence. Well, how many people are going to do that now if they're going to spend lots of time in jail before they even get to Waiting the Waiting to get to the sentence. That's exactly right. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to be doing that in a hurry. That is a, unquestionably an unforeseen consequence, you Absolutely. Would think. And even more importantly, there's a thing called a Griffith bond, which means that you can ask the court, I'm pleading guilty, but I want to go to a rehab, and then after the rehab, sentence me. And the idea behind that is that I've done this time in the rehab and I'm now really rehabilitated and hopefully you get to stay out of jail. Well, how's that going to work when the sort of person who makes that application is the sort of person who's definitely looking at jail? Right. They haven't thought that one through either. And yet they're an easy sell, these policies, aren't they? Yes. An easy sell to a public that's often oh, thirsty. the public for- love it. Public love it. Yeah. You know, we're safe now. Have we ever been safe? Before? No. And the more complicated society gets, the less safe we're going to get. Yeah. For somebody like yourself, Maggie, or those who specialise in criminal defence law, an important part of the law, how do you agitate for change in these areas? It must, I'm assuming it's a long process of appeal and drawing out the issues and having cases heard. Is that how we end up with better bylaws? We brought them in in 1980. We're constantly changing them. means we haven't got them right. No. How does change come about? Well, unfortunately, change usually comes about because of the people who are agitating for tougher sentences, not the people who are agitating. For- it's easier to get tougher bail laws than yeah. to have bail laws made. Yes, because for- nobody's really interested in prisoners' rights. Nobody's, nobody really is interested in the rights of people who commit crimes and how they're treated once they're there. Just it's not an interesting topic. We do pay a price for that as a broader society, though, don't we? We certainly do. For being ignorant of that. No, we certainly do. How many times have you heard those victims' advocates stand on television and say, we need tougher bail laws, we need tougher sentences, and my daughter was murdered? Great. It's not going to bring her back. Sentences don't sort out crimes that have already happened. Yes. They're not going to sort out crimes of the future. Exactly. The uh, yeah, interesting stuff, Maggie. As always, great to chat. Thank you very much. Thank you.